Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on a Sunday. And, Pitt, you had a crazy, crazy week here. Because you had some ups, you had some downs. But we'll start with the positives. Now, I guess it's still technically a victory Sunday, even though the game was on Thursday. But Pitt football pulled off a huge win. One of the biggest wins I've ever seen. Uh, simply because of the magnitude of this game. Playing North Carolina, beating them 30-23 to in overtime. And yes, there was a whole lot of things wrong with this game. With the way, you know, you go up 17-0, great. That's exactly what you thought you you do. You should have put them away. Absolutely, I agree. Only scoring one touchdown after that point, mm, that's a problem. No, no points in the second half, absolutely scary. Only running the ball nine times for negative five yards in the second half, definitely a problem I have I understand I feel the frustration pit fans when you're talking about the coaching situation and saying hey why didn't they do this why didn't they do that but you got to give the credit when you also give the criticism and you got to admit this team is a lot more well put together than plenty of the other teams we've seen in the past and then I think many people gave Pitt credit for going into this season now, could you say X is no strategy? Sure, there's some details. You can always point out details everywhere. But this is a pit team that I really thought, especially a month into this season, the only way, the only way they were going to win games is by outscoring opponents. And that Kenny Pickett was just going to have to be the elite of the elite to win games. But credit Pat Narduzzi, Randy Bates, everybody on that team, Coach Partridge, everybody that they got there for getting these players to not buy into that, to not let themselves feel like, okay, yeah, it's just up to the offense because the defense can't get it done. Because that's that's something that's easier to believe. To, to, to that's easy that seeps into you a lot easier than people think. You know, people get you know, like, oh, you got to step up and rise up. You know, it's easy to say those things when I'm behind a microphone. It's easy to say those things when you're in the stand and join a cold one while you're watching your favorite team. But it's really hard to just to push all those things out when week in and week out you're coming in, you're working, you're grinding, you're believing in, you know, you have your you have your failures, you have your letdowns, um, you know, and people talk about you and you hear it. It's it's tough to avoid sometimes. But credit this pit defense against an offense that put up fifty eight points the week before. They held them twenty three. And Sam Howell is one tough son of a gun. He was taking shot after shot. I think he took five sacks on the night. Ridiculous. And then he also ran the ball, what, 17 times? That means he was hit at least 23 times in this game. At least. And I think when you start to... Uh, when you factor in extra quarter, there's only one other quarterback hit, so 24 times total. But that guy still hung in there, and he fought back in the second half. But this is this is how you tell if a team is actually a good team. When when things aren't going your way, can you bounce back for them? I know it's e- it, you know it's easy to say, oh yeah, well they you know they'd be a good team if they would have kept the thing kept the whole game in control. Yeah, sure, they'd be a great team if they kept the whole game in control. You know they you know that that's what makes the great teams great. But it don't work like that often, even with the great teams. 
You know, they talk about any given Sunday in the NFL. And I know it's not really every any given Saturday in college football because you have your FCS programs, you have the games that the FBS teams should just put away really quickly. And the disparity is nowhere near what it is in the NFL. But there is, when you start playing those programs that are a lot like you, like North Carolina, they're in the ACC, they can recruit, you know, they have a, they have a, they have a, you know, a ma- they're a major power five university. Sometimes that margin isn't as big as, big as some people might think in college football. And Pitt went out there and despite Kenny Pickett throwing an interception, I, I, I tell you this, this to me was the growing point for this team was to say, you know, when, when Kenny Pickett threw an interception with about five minutes left, gave North Carolina the ball at Pitt's 35, I, I honestly was like, this is over. Because they were only up three. They, the defense had just given up a touchdown drive. They had been out there all night. They were tired. And they had given a spirited effort. But I'm like, this is this just feels like the point where Pitt would fall apart. But they held, they held strong, forced the field goal. And then after the offense scored in overtime, got the stop. Resilience, belief, not giving up, trusting that your work is going to make your opportunity be there for you, and then capitalizing when it is. That's what this pit team has really built in football. And that's where you have to give the credit with Pat Narduzzi. If you want to cr- criticize the lack of running the ball in the second half, sure. Jake, losing Jake Cradle along with already missing Gabe Hoy was a bigger blow than I think people realized. The, 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 the offensive line was, uh, was, was struggling to keep up there. And let's hope that Jake Cradle is all right. We heard that Gabe Hoy would be all right, but they wanted to protect him for a week. But this is a pit team now that had every chance to fold. This was their chance to prove everyone right that that, that wants to always, you know, talk stuff about Pitt and say, oh, they're they're always going to be pretenders. They're never going to be for real. This isn't the, the it's never their year. But they didn't. They had their backs up against the wall and they delivered. And like I said, you can get you can get harsh on this on the specifics. I, I I myself when I'm breaking down film, I'm like, man, why? What, what's up with this defensive set here? Why why are we going with cover four here when you you could you know uh, you know offer more support in the back end? But especially in this game, that pass rush got after it. Pat Narduzzi's Panthers are are hitting the quarterback better than any other team in the country right now. And that really works, especially when you're going up against a, a quarterback like Sam Howell. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if other te- other teams play them like like Pitt would. I mean, other teams have of course beaten them. I think Georgia Tech had eight sacks, but I mean, Pitt literally leads the the country right now with 36 sacks. It's ridiculous. That pass rush is relentless, and they also they can put a hurting on on running quarterbacks. Does it leave the does the way they they rush the quarterback leave them open for some big plays? Yep, but that's their style of play, and now they are on the on the cusp of potentially winning the ACC Coastal. A lot a lot rides on this next game. Brandon Armstrong is a heck of a quarterback. 
We'll see how he does this. We see how he does this weekend. I'm recording before his game, but um, if he's if he's healthy, this is going to be a huge matchup at Heinz Field and Pitt fans. I said it this past week. I don't think you got the message because it was only like forty ish thousand there at Heinz Field. You gotta show up for this one. You gotta you gotta pack Heinz Field as best you can because if you beat Virginia, you're practically locking up the ACC Coastal. It's the, it's the last home game for Trey Tipton, for Kenny Pickett. It's your last home game of the season for the Panthers to, to show you who they are. Give those seniors a great send-off with a big crowd at Heinz Field. They'd re- they deserve it. And if they pull it, if they pull it out, know that it's going to it's you have a lot to credit to Pat Narduzzi for the culture that he's built with this program and how these guys are all looking to each other and believe in each other. And even when they're not having their own best days, they know that they got to come back out and deliver. Defense gave up 10 points in the final two drives of the game, but when they took the field, they said, and we talked to Phil Campbell, we talked to the, some of their, their, their players on defense, they said we weren't giving up points on that drive. That's the confidence that you need, and they delivered that confidence on Thursday night. Let's see what they do against another Heisman an Heisman hopeful in Brennan Armstrong and Virginia this next weekend. It's going to be huge to see what Pitt football does. But Pitt basketball, completely other direction right now. I'm going to break down what I think. They're 0-2 after getting embarrassed by the Citadel and then fighting back but still getting clobbered by West Virginia. I'll give you my thoughts on those get two games where Jeff Capel has the program headed right after this. Here on the H2P Podcast, I'm Chris Carter here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember to download this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. But let's get to Pitt basketball. We were talking about Pitt football a bit there, and whew, Pitt basketball completely the other direction. And but I, I, I want to there there is a tie here, and I'll get to the tie in just a bit here between um you know between 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 these two programs and the journeys that they're on. Because they are in two different directions. Pat Narduzzi, seventh year, gets to you know he's he's had a program that you know in the time to build it, and you see it competing amongst the best in the ACC, with a chance to win the ACC and get a good bowl game. Jeff Capel, not there right now. Fourth year, but we also know his circumstances are different than Pat's. Inherited a much worse situation. Program destroyed by Kevin Stallings. Transfer portal. And then I went over all the craziness that led into the last the, you know, the last game. Nike Zabande tears an ACL. Jamarius Burton's been hurt for a month. Isaiah Horton gets arrested. He's suspended indefinitely from the team. They go into the game against the Citadel at home and lose embarrassingly. And then the very next day, Judah Mintz decommits. Oof. I talked about this summer, how that was such a big get for Pitt. And now they don't have any 2022 recruits on their on their roster or on their commit list. 
But I know that there's some people that are already saying, just get rid of Jeff Capel now. Why are you waiting? But I don't think people understand the magnitude of that. I also don't think people think, understand the history of what's going on there and what really has to happen if you want to see pit basketball ever return to some form of relevancy. First and foremost, you got to remember that the university paid like 10 million million to get rid of Kevin Stallings' contract. I believe Jeff Capel is owed a, at least $17 million for the rest of his contract, and he was locked up through 2027 because of an extension from Heather Like, So there would have to be some significant moves money-wise to do that. But second of all, I get that there's impatience because this is Jeff's fourth year, and he does bear some responsibility with how things have gone and not being able to keep these guys in line. But if you go out and just get another guy, I'm not so sure that this turns around any faster right now. To me, it's not been about a lack of coaching. It's just been a lack of being able to keep guys in the program and build a culture. Pat Narduzzi was able to build a culture for Pitt. It took time, but it's there. Guys are coming back. Kenny Pickett came back. You got to be able to give time, give time to build a culture. He's been trying, kind of, you know, it was moving in the right direction until COVID happened and then wrecked everybody. But I, I continue to maintain this this year. It's a lot like how I, whenever you heard me on the Ask Anything show that we used to do on DKPittsburghSports.com, when people ask me about the Pirates, I'm like, this year ain't about this year. It's about next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. This year ain't about this year for Pitt. You've got several sophomores, Femi Udakale, John, John, John Hughley, excuse me, the fourth, William Jeffress, Noah Collier. You need that crew to be part of your core in two years when you're ready to make a real move. And I think Femi will get there. I think... Hughley will get there. I think Jeffers could get there. I got to see more from him. He's a heck of an athlete. He's a he's a baby. I mean, he's only 18 years old this year. But Jeff can't afford to lose that crew. So these coming weeks, now I'll tell you what I saw in this Citadel game. I saw sloppiness on both sides of the ball. I saw a defense that looked unsure of when to guard, when to switch, and all the different assignments. They looked they looked bad. And when I was watching that game, I was thinking, man. If they play like this against West Virginia, they could lose by 50. And I I was not joking. But they didn't play like that. They had other problems. But they went into West Virginia, away game, packed crowd, WVU Coliseum, place that does not like them, chanting things I cannot say on this show because they're curse words. But you go into that game, and something that Jeff Cable brought up after the fact that I was thinking the whole game, like, this is the first time any of these guys have played in this. And not just West Virginia, but a packed, hostile crowd. Because you think about Femi Odakali last year with all its time that he got, empty stadiums. And now you're not just in an opponent's stadium. You're in West Virginia. They, who, they hate it more than any other program out there. Except for maybe Penn State. Penn State also hates Pitt. They pretend not to not hate Penn State, Pitt, but they hate Pitt. They're just more smug about it. 
But West Virginia's open with their hate. They love to hate Pitts, Pittsburgh. I, I mess with my boys, Wes Euler and Adam Crowley on the radio all the time on Steeler Nation Radio or ESPN Radio or wherever those guys are hosted. And I always hit them with a 13-9 joke. And, I mean, it, it, it still stings. That's the crazy part. But that's the rivalry there. And you saw in that game Femi start to feel the rivalry. When he when he was getting he was getting fouled a little bit, hand checked a little bit, and it wasn't getting called, and then you heard the crowd kind of like booing him or egging him on and being antagonistic, and you saw him kind of start to get animated. Jeff had to calm him down, but I, I think this was a good thing because now that inspires like the hey, we want to go back there and we we want to show that we can be a lot better than that. These are going to be the battle scars. This this year is about battle scars. This year is about you know finding the things that are the teachable moments that you look back on and you say, man, that 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 kid grew up from these days. That's what you're watching for right now, Pitt fans. Find the guys that are going to be part of the part of the solution. I do think some of those guys are here. I think Hughley has taken some really good steps in these early games. Still turns the ball over way too much at three in the game. But, I mean, 17 points, he was going to the basket. I didn't think that he would be able to put up points like this against a more physical team in like West Virginia, but he did. Now, Femi turned it up all over eight times. That needs a lot of work. But Mohamedou Yee getting 10 points I thought was solid on his part. William Jeffers shooting two or four from the field, hitting, you know, getting eight points. Liked that. Also, Dan Oladapo shooting four for four from the field, hitting eight. I thought that was uh, I thought that was important. But this team has to be more fluent on offense. That will come. That will come with time. It just takes work. It just takes it just takes drive. It just takes practice and and, and building that chemistry. That can only come with time. It doesn't come from twenty practices. It comes from like sixty practices and maybe twenty games. So I'm saying like you're gonna you're gonna need time before you start to see these guys start to gel. But if you're a diehard Pitt fan, you'll sit through it. Heck, a lot of you guys were throwing me on, with me on that live file. I was sitting there in Channel 11 because I had to get ready to go on uh, Skylight's Highlights that night with Jenna Harner, breaking down Whippeo football. Also, shout out to the Westinghouse Bulldogs, the AA Whippeo champs, City League in the house, Homewood represent. They also wear blue and gold, so they're kind of cool too. Not my own water, though. I'm an alternate guy. But back to Pitt, these are the dog days that you learn from. These are the dog days that you look back and you say, man, I remember Femi in that, in, in that, in that first game against West Virginia, and he was ready to go to war. He just, didn't have the, he just didn't have the weapons. You remember John Hughley trying to put things up. You remember when Pitt was passing the ball to nobody. I mean, sometimes you just didn't know, they didn't know who was supposed to take the ball up the court. That's that's how little chemistry they have because they've just been – I mean, the guys that they were supposed to have chemistry with, Nike Zabande, injured. Jamari Burton, Burton, injured. Ithiel Horton, suspended. Those are three guys are supposed to be ball handlers to get the, to get the, the offense going, and they, they, they aren't there. Of course, this is, that's going to be a problem. It's unavoidable. But I'm not on the fire Jeff Capel train just yet. I'm on the let's see how they fight through this season train. Because we already knew before this season started they, this was a rebuild year. There, there's there's no way around that. Now I thought they'd have a little bit more uh ammunition in their rebuild, you know, with the guys that they've lost, but 
this this is still just a rebuild year. But do they fall apart? They look like they fell apart against the Citadel. That, that's what, that was a very bad sign for the tenure of, of Jeff Capel. But I did not think they fell apart against West Virginia. They were just outmatched, outplayed. That's a better team, better program right now. But when you look at what Pitt has, you know, what Pitt was able to do to fight back at times, to out rebound them thirty six to twenty, the fact that they're, they 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 more than doubled West Virginia in turnovers, leading to the loss, they outshot them fifty seven percent to fifty one percent. I truly think that Pitt has something to build in there. It's going to take work. They're going to need Jamarius Burton back. They said that he is. Uh, He's doing full contact drills as of as of Thursday. So maybe we get to see him Tuesday. Maybe. They want to make sure that they're they're doing him right. But there 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 are I did see some remnants of potential, of fight. That's what you want to see in this pit basketball team right now. And that's uh Right now, that that's that's really what you're asking for here. And if and if guys develop talent, awesome. That'll that'll speed things up. But just remember, if you had if you had felt that if you had if you if the pit had cut the cut the contract on Pat Narduzzi three or four years ago, they probably wouldn't be here right now where they are with Kenny Pickett. You know, fighting for the Heisman, getting these crazy games in the ACC. They'd probably be in the re- re- They'd probably be in the middle of another rebuild with another coach somewhere, and not and not you know having all these guys sticking around, trying to build that culture in a different way. So let's give Jeff Capel some time to see how he fights through with with this crew. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on the hot seat. His seat is definitely warm, but it's not going to be about the wins and losses this year. It's going to be as much about about the fight and the drive. And I mean, there's going to be games they need to win. They need to win, like they need to beat UMC Wilmington, Wilmington uh, on Tuesday. But this year is going to be about do it. Do I see things that are building towards the future? If there's that, that's a different story. Because that's just where pit basketball is, and that's avoidable right now. But again, you have different, complete different options, op, uh, op, uh, dip, completely different positions on the spectrum, opposite sides of the spectrum is what I was trying to say. Because pit basketball on one end is in the dumps, trying to find anything to to build off of. Where pit football on the other end, not the best in college football you know not in the complete opposite end because they, that'd be like Georgia right now being number one in the country but they've put together the scraps to make them a competitive football team in the ACC and to make them a team that everyone's talking about in the country to, to be a ranked team we'll see how high the AP rises them after their win over North Carolina they were number 21 in the college football playoffs I imagine they they jump up there a little bit too But you see the differences there, and I see part of the difference is building the culture, allowing that to fester, allowing the chemistry to build. We'll see if that happens throughout this season, and I'll be keeping you posted on that on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterCritiques. Read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Listen to this podcast network every day of the week. 
on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars with a positive comment on, on Apple. We thank you again for listening to the DK DKPittsburghSports.com podcasting platform. Check out all the great shows we do, whether it's me and Dale Lolly breaking things down on Saturday. Uh, whether it's DK giving his daily shots, whether it's the Yins hers, whether it's 66 to 87, the Pirates podcast to be named later, all those things right here, free and available at any time.